This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 617 of the Dressage Radio Show, official podcast of the United States Dressage Federation on the Horse Radio Network, brought to you by Kentucky Performance Products, Bates Saddles, Mud Control Grids by Han Plastics, and Total Saddle Fit. On tonight's show, in honor of Mother's Day, we will be joined by mother-daughter professional rider duo Evie and Tanya Strasser. After that, Anna Buffini comes on to talk about her successful season and her upcoming trip to France. She'll also stay on the show to give us a great fitness trainer tip. Reese Koffler Stanfield from Georgetown, Kentucky. And this is Philip Parks from Rockwood, Ontario, and you're listening to the Dressage Radio Show. Hi, Phil. How are you tonight? I'm doing well. 40 is going okay so far. I know. Yes, it was <laughs> your birthday last week. Good. Your first week of 40. I, I, I loved my 40th birthday. I had a good time. All right. And, uh, and a happy Mother's Day just passed. So uh, we wanted to kind of Say a shout out to all the moms, you know, yours and mine have been a great yes. influence in our riding lives. And, and there's lots of mothers out there who are really, you know, great advocates for their kids and, and for riding and, and all the great stuff. So I wanted to, you know, just kind of give, give another shout out because they can never yes. give enough love. Yes. And, and let me tell you, Phil, so, you know, we don't have children, but I'm, I'm very active in my niece and nephew's uh, life and uh, my nieces. And uh, I, I actually took my niece to Pony Club the other day. And shout out to all parents who do extracurricular activities. <laughs> I had not been open to this world, uh, but I was like, it's really stressful. I had to pick her up. I had to feed her. So I'm not going to lie. We maybe went through McDonald's and she got her happy meal. She was oh, happy you're about the, You're the nice aunt. I mean, that's yeah, I'm the nice aunt. I don't, do that, right? yeah, I'm supposed to do that. I don't really have to worry about nutrition. I just need to feed her something. So then we went to Pony Club and I thought we had a test. So we were, you know, quizzing. You were cramming stressed. in the car. We were cramming in the car. Like <laughs> I get her to Pony Club and then, you know, it, it's tough because you're there for an hour and I wasn't sure if it would be copacetic for me to go, like, go for a walk. I was like, what do you do during this hour? So it's this uh -huh. kind of weird hour between six and seven o'clock when, oh my gosh, there's a lot that could be happening at the house, which of course I'm aunt duty. So I don't have to do that. I was just Uber for my niece and she's a little one. So I was like, well, I'm not sure I should leave her. Yeah. And and I get her home. I mean, it is stressful. And then I just have to go to her parents. I didn't have to like bath. And so shout out to moms out there because I only did one night of extracurricular activities and I'm, I'm still a bit shaken from the whole experience. <laughs> That's so fun. That's good, yeah. Though. It's a, it's a lot of work and, and it, shout out to all the moms. And then thankfully I didn't have to take the pony. Like I, I didn't have to, it was just an unmounted meeting, but we have oh, mounted meetings that I may, you know, go for, but yeah, it was, it was so shout out because I have a whole new respect with trying to get all that done and, and eating healthy and getting a workout in and oh my. So shout out to mamas out there. You guys are awesome. Um, and I even went on a trail ride with my mom today, Phil. 
Okay, you've been you've been doing both both sides of the duty. Being a good <laughs> yes, daughter, I have. Being good and yeah, I know, I know, I love it. And and my mom has been coming out and riding. She hasn't ridden in like twenty three years. And today was really beautiful, a little chilly, but beautiful morning. So we went out on a on a hack, and uh, it was fun. We, mom goes, I don't think we've ever done this here at your farm, and I've been here for eleven years, so she's right. So it was really fun. So so lots of lots of good times. Ooh, uh, it's okay. been fun. Yeah. Okay. I know. So what's been going on? Are, you guys are still in lockdown, right? Yeah, we got uh, 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 two two more weeks added, so that that was awesome. Oh, yeah. I'm being sarcastic. That was really uh, yep, not I'm awesome. So not awesome. Um, no. That's fine. You know, I'll go visit my mom in another couple of weeks if if they will allow and 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 whatever. Um, sure. I got my vaccine, which is great for first shot. So things things are you know things are looking up. They're looking know, up. And, uh, Good. Yeah. We'll just uh, we'll just keep going and we'll we'll keep you know keep training horses and and yeah and yeah. it's good. It's good. But yeah. we were both, you know, talking about um, springtime lessons. You know, we, we both have this happen to us a little bit every year. And so um, maybe maybe you can give a little, a little chat and a yes. reminder for, for all of our listeners. I will. I will. So I've, you know, been quite busy. You know, competitions are sort of up and running here in the United States. So and uh, here in Kentucky, we have really active, you know, local scene. We have a lot of horse shows. Uh around all levels and, and, um, from jumping shows to events to young horse shows. So a lot going on here. And, and one of my themes and, and so, which is great. I've been really busy teaching this week. Uh, a lot of people that, that are getting ready and a lot, like some of them, most of them have been, been sort of, we've been working at, at getting ready for a competition, but I saw a few newbies this week and, I, I probably have seen six or seven people that have entered the competition, but are truly not ready for the competition. And probably 90% of them are anxious about the competition. And I said to them, uh, one particular, you know, uh, very, very nice girl, she's having trouble in the canter. And she's like, I'm so anxious when I go to a competition. And I looked at her and I said, well, I can tell you why you're anxious because I'm anxious for you, <laughs> um, because you're not ready to go and compete at that level. The reality is way before you enter the horse show competition, you should be able to confidently be able to ride whatever test you're doing. And she looked at me, she goes, I never thought of it that way. Maybe I should ride intro with no canter. And I said, I think that would be great. And she's like, I already feel much better. And I said, well, a lot of times anxiety for riders comes from not being prepared. Wouldn't you say? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. You know, show show at an appropriate level. It doesn't matter. I mean, um, you know, you're not going, you're not, it's not the Olympics. If you are really confident with your walk and trot, show the introductory level have a good time, reward your horse. Um, don't don't be anxious about the canter. You know, if if canter is a problem, work work on the canter at home, train it. You know, the whole thing until you're um, feeling very very confident in the canter, and then you're ready to to step up. But you know, be okay with being at the level you're at, and and go and have a good time because that's that's what the horse show is all about for ninety percent of people, and and that is. Wonderful. It's fantastic. You know, 
It, it's true. You know, it's, it's, it's very true. That's what the competition's for. This person, and in truly going to a competition isn't just what happens for the five minutes that you're in the horse show ring, right? What happens a lot is the process of going to the horse show, right? It's getting your things organized and clean. Then it's getting your horse on the trailer. Then it's getting the horse off safely off the trailer. Then it's getting prepared to ride and getting tacked up. And then, you know, all of these steps are, are into the, uh, you know, onto themselves can be difficult. And yeah, I mean, you can think of the little things that, that, that could go wrong with all those things, you know, that yeah. all, all these, all these problems that are out of your control. But the one thing that you can control is what level you are riding and what level you have entered the horse show at. And, and that should not be, uh, you know, the test that you're going to ride should not be anxiety inducing. That's exactly right. Yeah, that's exactly right. So I thought that was really interesting. And it was just a general, like, are you kidding me? <laughs> I, well, like, I, mean, I feel like I talk about but, this all the but, time. Yeah, this, this happens to both of us, you know, every every year, every spring, you know, you come back from Florida or, you know, the weather gets nice. People start riding more, start thinking about going to horse shows, you know, and then and then we get phone calls and messages after the people have already entered the show. So, you know, get a lesson before you decide to enter the show and get a little input on, you know, what level would be appropriate for you. And and then you're going to have a much better time. Absolutely. Exactly. And and also, what are your goals for the season? I mean, we do harp on this a lot, um, but I did actually speak with somebody uh, on an Internet coaching lesson and, you know, she told me her schedule and I said, that's pretty aggressive. But she had she had a plan and she knew what she was going to do and why she was going to do it. And if, you know, she even had thought like, okay, if I hit this score, I'll scratch here so I don't put the miles on my horse. So she had done a good job kind of thinking about the schedule and what she was doing and how she was doing it. So that was great. But um, most people aren't that organized, actually. And um, but really, especially at the first show of the season or first outing, uh, this particular girl had had she was good about taking her horse off the property. We were not at her property. We were at a coach's property. So she was, she was doing field trips. She was taking her horse off the property, which was great. So some good things, but she really had show anxiety. And, and I said, Hey, come on, let's, let's take this away and let's, let's make this a reasonable level. So once we did that, she was visibly, um, more relaxed, but it, it wasn't just this particular rider. There were multiple riders this week where I was like, you're not ready for that. Or some riders will enter a test and, uh, you know, I don't love this as a coach, uh, but some will ride enter a test cause they want to re- enter that test and maybe not from the advice of their, from their trainer. And, uh, then you cannot go back to your trainer and be fussy <laughs> because, <laughs> you know, if you're just working that test in your lesson, you really want to show a, a, a test or two below, or maybe even a level below. And there's nothing wrong with that. That's the way you should be doing it. So, um, yeah, but it was just a pet peeve. I wanted to talk about it. And Phil, this leads us into our book club selection of the month. This is a great one. Uh, it is John Haim, Ride Big, The Ultimate Guide to Building Equestrian Confidence. 
So um, we have that on the website. We also have a list of all our books. That was a, a special request. And we finally sat down and, and did that list for everybody of all the books that have been on the book club uh, that we've sort of gone through and curated a little bit. So we hope you enjoy those as well. So Ride Big by John Haim will also help you with your confidence. In, and he actually talks about this particular topic in his book. So I hope everybody enjoys that. So we are going to have a quick commercial break from Kentucky Performance Products, and we will get into the show. This Nutrition Minute is brought to you by Kentucky Performance Products, the company that simplifies your search for research-proven nutritional supplements at kppusa.com. The horse that matters to you matters to Kentucky Performance Products. Managing horses can be challenging. Each horse's personality affects the way he behaves and reacts to the world around him. Horses with certain dispositions can be at higher risk for developing health problems than others. High-strung or excitable horses are easily stressed, but so is the timid, quiet warrior. Stressed horses are more likely to develop digestive upsets that lead to colic, diarrhea, and ulcers. Nalox Advanced was specifically developed to support a digestive tract that is under stress. It sustains proper pH levels, reducing the incidence of ulcers and hindgut imbalances, while simultaneously supporting the healing of damaged tissue. Nalox Advanced supports the complete digestion of starches and sugars and sustains populations of beneficial bacteria. Make life a little easier on your sensitive horse and start him on Nalox Advanced today. To learn more about the ingredients in Nalox Advanced, visit Kentucky Performance Products at kppusa.com. The Horsemanship Radio podcast is dedicated to the advancement of great horsemanship throughout the world. Monty Roberts often stops by to present on this podcast, hosted by his daughter and legacy strategist, Debbie Roberts-Lauks. The show includes segments, tips, and interviews exploring effective training centered on the well-being of the horse. This multiple award-winning podcast has 1.6 million downloads to date. Horsemanshipradio.com, sponsored by Hands-On Gloves and Monty Roberts University. Tonight, we are so happy to have mother-daughter duo Evie and Tanya Strasser, Canadian riders. Uh, Evie is an Olympic rider. She has ridden at the WEG. She's ridden at Aachen, Pan American silver medalist, four-time World Cup finalist. And Tanya is a very successful young rider, U25, and now she is a young professional in the sport. Ladies, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Thank you for having us. Well, we are thrilled. And and first of all, Tanya, in honor of Mother's Day, can you tell us what is it like to work with your mom now as a young professional as you've come through the ranks? Uh, yeah, you know, I just think that it's uh, such an amazing experience. And I'm really grateful to be able to work with my mom in the sport. Um, you know, it's just we really have a good understanding of each other. And um it's made the transition into being a young professional. Just, uh, you know, I feel so much more prepared, I guess you could say. <laughs> and, um, yeah, I just, it's nice to be able to work with someone, you know, she knows me so well, I know her so well. Um, so it's made for, a, I think, a, a very enjoyable and uh, fun way of working. So, Evie, I just wanted to ask you, I know that, um, you know, as you were traveling the world, you know, around to Germany and back and Canada, 
um, you were you were you were bringing your your daughter along with you the whole time. Is this a, is this kind of a dream come true, or or how did you feel about her? You know, wanting to uh, you know sticking with riding and wanting to do do it as a professional. I think I never really thought about it uh, because um, for me, I basically just said, okay, this is my the family kind of job we have and this is how we live and uh, uh, since we all want to be together and uh, I wanted her to be just you know part of my life all the time so she had to travel because that's how uh, I could do it and so for me for sure it's great that she decided that she wanted to do it or uh, enjoyed being in this limelight or be in that big rings and, and also you know that hard work we do to get there I'm just excited that she enjoys it almost as much as me, you know, like it's, it's, uh, it's not easy to do this sport as everybody knows, uh, because you have a lot of highs and lows and then sometimes you have the good horse and sometimes you have the bad horse, you know, but I think the journey all the way to be together as a family and can do it together. I think, um, I wouldn't change a, a thing on all of it. Yeah, that's fantastic. I I love it. And as is also having a sister and a mom uh, in in horses, it's it's really such a wonderful thing you can share. It it it's wonderful. But internationally and in competing, that's a whole different level. So Tanya, tell us a little bit about your business now. Um, well, at the moment, I'm mostly helping my mom. <laughs> uh, so I think we kind of just uh, grew into doing are like her business together, I guess you could say. Um, but we have, uh, you know, a, a few horses that we do training with. We have a lot of sales horses, which is, you know, I really enjoy that aspect of it because we have everything from young horses all the way to Grand Prix. And I just like seeing them develop as well um, in their in the training program and everything like that. So, um, yeah, and on the flip side of that, also just having some horses that I'm bringing along myself with the guidance of my mom, uh, it's made it for a really enjoyable experience. I was wondering, and maybe I could ask you, or maybe you don't know the answer to this question, but if you weren't, you know, if you weren't traveling around the world and, and doing horses, wh what might you be doing? Did you ever think about doing s something else? <laughs> I mean, honestly, I don't know if I put like that much thought into doing anything else. I think it's always been um as much my passion like she said as hers to do this i definitely think that it would be something where um you know i'm also doing like i'm also studying right now and uh pursuing a degree in marketing and finance so it's a field that also interests me and i thought it's something that i can bring into the horses if i you know want to so i, I guess maybe something in that field i'd it's an avenue I, I would be considering as well. <laughs> um, and I just think it's something that I can carry into horses as well. So. Yeah, I mean, Tanya already does um, uh, work for some writers in the social media representing them. In, uh, yeah, I do some yeah. social media um, management for a few other equestrians. And I really do enjoy that as well. And I think I can do it well because... You know, I think marketing anybody or managing anybody's social media pages can be tricky, uh, but then you add the equine element and they, you know, it really, uh, I think you need to know a little bit about horses 
to really do it properly. So I'd like to think I, I really enjoy doing that as well. So yeah, that, that's a big part of any business now that's just added, I mean, a lot, you know, kind of personally, and it's, it's, it's overwhelming for people, you know, because they, they've got to put out, you know, uh, to market yourself, you've got to be managing all these different uh, social media aspects and selling horses is like, everything is so much online. And it just got, you know, uh, because of the pandemic, it got 10 times worse. We were just talking about how you guys have been involved with, you know, a lot of um, uh, different things during the during the pandemic, like, well, perhaps, you know, more podcasts, more show, more online education things. That's, yeah. That could be very tricky. We did one with Cesar, and I think we thought it was a great initiative on a lot of people's part to try to continue offering, you know, educational opportunities during a time where it was obviously very difficult to do it in person or impossible, really. Um, so. Well, well, I can't wait for you to give out your contact information because I'm going to be writing it down for myself. I'm just saying because <laughs> it is a huge part for, for any young professional or professional writer um, to be managing all of that. And, and I'm a huge, uh, you know, proponent of education as well. So I'm excited for you that you're doing that. Um, so Evie, I have a question. I mean, with two international riders, uh, how do you guys breed horses? How are you, how are you doing that with, with funneling horses up your pipeline? I mean, um, I always uh, had a lot of, uh, young horses that buy, non-stop two-year-olds or three-year-olds and have always like uh, two, three coming up, uh, two, three, four, five, six-year-olds. That's why you have right away in no time so many horses. But in the other end, you cannot buy uh, them when they're five, six years old. If they have any quality, you're almost impossible for a professional to be able to afford a horse like that. So we always buy them young and... uh, either leave them in Germany and then I bring them in and then I start them off and then uh, we bring the main show horses here to Florida and leave the young ones at home and they're just going to get launched during the winter season. I don't even let them ride and they go outside. They literally get a break then. And then when I come home after three months, normally we are three months gone, uh, we start them back up and then these are the next uh, stars who come up then, you know, but, uh, you know, this is what I did in my career long, that I bought all these young horses and produced them up from three to Grand Prix to the World Cup horse or Olympic horse. And many got sold as Olympic horses and didn't even go with me. Uh, but it's exciting when you can start them off as a youngster and then produce them up the, the ranks. And I think that is just the 40 I have. And uh, I still enjoy doing it. And some of them, sometimes I keep some. And especially with Tanya being, uh, you know, wanted to do the junior young rider and then up to Grand Prix, I kept more Grand Prix horses and young rider horses uh, for a couple of years and then sold them after the fact when they were finished, when she was finished with the young rider juniors and then went up to the U25. Uh, But otherwise, you know, we always let them go before, you know, we get into the big rings or then. Like right now, we kept two horses for the future for the World Championships and Olympics coming now for Paris, and then we see where we go with it. But uh, my fun part in this sport right now is bringing still the young horses along up the level and uh, 
keyboard it brings to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, a lot of people may or may not know this, but you have like a, not just a reputation in North America and not just in Canada, but but worldwide for for yeah. doing this. I, I I'm really interested in your story about how that whole process started. I mean, being in Canada and and riding and then you know um, importing horses and, and all of that. I think you started really early, didn't you? Before yeah, yeah, other people yeah. were doing it. As a young kid, a young kid in Germany already, I was the youngest breeder at home. And then uh, I, uh, as a young kid, you know, I wasn't coming from any money. So my parents are farmers. Uh, so I needed to start very early to think about how do I finance this. Uh, and I took, I was riding, you know, the ponies, stallions through the performance test in Munich. And then. I did the warm bloods in the performance test and the mares, and this is where I were able to pick up good young horses and make them. And already at that time, then was able to support my, my you know, my sport here uh, with the work I did besides studying finance. And uh, after then, when I decided that uh, I will move to Canada because my boyfriend was from Canada at that time, I. Uh, took a couple of horses with me and uh, they were young too and I had them in no time up in the Grand Prix level and made it into the team and within three years and uh, that's how it started all. I mean and then always bought new two years old and new three year olds and not by one or two by the dozens. Like I heard <laughs> yeah, yeah, and then produced them at the level, and then you know some went to whatever Sydney Olympic. The next one went to the London Olympics, and they went to the Asian Games and were qualified for the Olympics for Japan. And I mean, like, so the horses went worldwide. And I, uh, I mean, you know, most of the time, you know, was women, and they're not so strong, and they need light uh, uh, ridden horses which are going forward and stay light in the reins and somehow this I mastered always and could do it and so uh, this is how it started all and this is how I carried on and uh, Tanya is now learning all of that and bringing the young ones along uh, I said you ride till you're 25 and uh, bring along already then the next horses when you start then going for the big ring and this is a totally different game. You need uh, even more quality and uh, they need to be even more spectacular. And, you know, they're exceptional horses. Okay. So it's a different type of than the U25 horses. And uh, in, in North America, I would say, it, in Europe, I mean, in Europe, you need immediately that world class horse to get into the U25. Otherwise, you're not even getting close to it. Right. So I think. Yeah. That is still a bit of a gap there, but uh, this year at the U25 here in Florida, there were some spectacular riders here with some spectacular horses, and I, the sport is growing, that I can tell you. So yeah. It's very exciting. It's so exciting. Well, we can't thank you both so much for coming on the program. And uh, Tanya, how about you lead us out about your sponsors and how we can find you on social media? So you can find uh, us on social media. We're on Facebook and Instagram, Good Time Stables. And then uh, if you're looking for a person to help you with your social media, we also have Vision Equine Marketing, which is my little side gig <laughs> at the moment. <laughs> uh, 
Um, and uh, we also have our website, thetentstables.com. Fantastic. Well, thank you both so much. Evie, happy Mother's Day. And we're so glad you both could join us tonight. Thank you. Thank, thank you. you for having us. It was so great talking to all of you. Bates Saddles are the saddle brand that truly put your horse first. Enjoy comfort, optimal balance, and seamless contact with your horse, leaving you free to concentrate on your aids. Bates Saddles offer you many features you don't find with other saddle brands, including the external flexi-block system, which is anatomically contoured to your leg, allowing it to ride in behind the block and support your individual position for maximized comfort and security. An adjustable ergonomic stirrup bar, which allows effortless rider alignment to be achieved by altering the position of the stirrup bar, enabling you complete control over your preferred leg position. Many styles are available, including the new Bates Dressage Saddles, the Bates Victress Show Jumping Saddle, and the Bates Advanta Eventing Saddle. It is the official saddle of the United States Eventing Association. You can learn more about Bates Saddles at BatesSaddles.com. That's BatesSaddles.com. Tired of having your boot sucked off mid-stride by sticky mud? Mud control grids are the solution. Frustrated by mushy, slippery messes at the paddock gates? Mud control grids are the solution. Is keeping the ground underfoot stable in your sacrifice areas and dry lots causing you to lose sleep? Once again, mud control grids are the solution. You're seeing a trend here, aren't you? Well, Han Plastics Mud Control Grids really has come up with the best solution. Unlike other plastic grids on the market, mud control grids can be installed directly on top of the mud. Let me say that again. Right on top of the mud. You don't need to do any ground preparation. The mud control grids are an instant solution to your high-traffic muddy areas. No more having to fill in with sand, gravel, shavings, or even old carpet. What's more... Mud control grids will allow grass to grow underneath of them so they can be taken back up once the area is dry or recovered. Or you can leave them right where they are and take over again when the rainy season comes back around. Han Plastics mud control grids are designed to be installed as a temporary or permanent solution. You can take them with you with you move. Put down a lot, put down a few. Add more each year. The ultimate mud control solution. Check out Han Plastics Mud Control Grids at mudgrid.ca. Oh, an added bonus, your tractor or gator won't sync up to its axles with Han Plastics Mud Control Grids in place. So there's that. www.mudgrid.ca. Well, tonight we are so excited to have Anna Buffini on the show. She just was named to the U.S. Pre-Elite Grand Prix list. She is the cover girl of USDF Connections this month, and she just was named to the CDI uh, Going to Compiègne, the team. And we are so happy to have you on the show, Anna. Welcome. 
Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to talk to you. And you list all of all those things. And I'm like, that's not me. I'm like, <laughs> it is. I such a cool girl, but it's not me. <laughs> you're pretty cool. You're pretty cool. I am fangirling you. I'm excited you're here. And wow, what a season you had with Miss Diva. And what is her fancy name? Because it's really fancy. It is FRH Davinia LaDuce. <laughs> Oh, you girls had quite a season. Can you tell us a little bit about your Florida season? Yes. um, Very unexpected. I bought her off of a video last September and we had 30 days to get ready to show. And um, after we had a thankfully successful first CDI, we decided to go to Florida and just get used to each other and get to know each other. And, um, my goal basically, to be honest, was not to come in last place in every CDI I entered. (laughs) That's the expectations I went in with, um, because I didn't know her at all. And, um, it's my first Grand Prix, my first senior Grand Prix season. So we just really wanted to go in and get to know each other. And she really knocked our socks off with her work ethic and how hard she tries and how quickly we really clicked together in the show arena. And we um, started out with the best show of my career. And then we had a few shows that were rocky. They're very big learning curves for both of us, me especially. And um, then I learned from those. And then we did a couple other shows that just kept getting better and better. And we ended up on the the list to go to my first ever five-star in France, which is insane. So, um, to go from not having a season at all in 2021 to competing in Europe, which has been my dream since I started the sport 16 years ago is absolutely a dream come true. That's, I mean, that's, that's really fantastic. So what was the process of kind of buying a horse via video? You know, why do you think that worked out so well? Yeah, thankfully, we knew the people selling them. So the Balkan Halls are my trainer, Gunter's trainer. So Klaus Balkan Hall used to train Gunter. And he had known about this horse, Gunter, for a while. And I actually sat on her maybe two years ago for like 30 minutes, maybe. And I ended up coming home with a different horse. And he was supposed to be my international prospect horse. And um, he actually sadly passed away last year from an injury. And that's why I had no season. And so we saw this video of her again. She popped up again. The, the Balkan Halls knew we were looking and we couldn't fly due to Corona and we really needed a horse. And um, Gunter, thankfully, is takes a big charge of the horses I purchased because he has been to three Olympics and he knows very much what he's looking for. Um, he just saw the potential and he saw um, how good she was in competition and also the Balkan halls train the exact same way we do. So that makes a huge difference if you're buying a horse off of a video, because everybody trains very different. Like if I was buying a horse, um, from the Netherlands, like the Dutch train their horses very different than the Germans do. We train more similar to the Germans. So the fact that we knew she was coming from the exact same training also made it um, more convincing for us to buy a horse off a of video because we knew that what we saw is what we were going to get. It wasn't maybe completely different training that we would have to retrain and take a whole year. We knew that we could hit the ground running with her. And um, also, you know, the level of trust we have with the Balkan Halls made a huge difference. It's very hard to buy a horse off a of video, but also if you go over to Europe to buy horses, it's it's hard to buy horses in person as well. The The major perk is getting to sit on the horse, which makes a huge difference. So it was still a big risk. 
not sitting on the horse and trying her for a week or so. But um, we trusted the Balkan Halls. We knew she had the same training and we went for it. And it turned out to be a really good gamble. <laughs> oh, that's so exciting. So so tell us a little bit about her and, and what your training program will be from now until you guys head to France next week. Yeah. Um, so she is, she didn't come with the name Diva. She came with the name Davinia. And as soon as I spent a week with her, we renamed her Diva <laughs> basically because she needed a shorter name and um, she fits the bill. She is a hot blooded redhead mare and she's made me an absolute mare person. I'm so in love with her. She's very opinionated, but she's also very sweet. She's doesn't get, you know, sour, like, um, some mares can get, she's very, very sweet. She's a super hard worker. Like if she were a human, I feel like she would be outworking me in the gym. So she makes me want to work harder and she has an unbelievable work ethic in the show arena. She's so steady in there. She doesn't get phased by things outside the arena. And she, um, she's very consistent, which I think is one of the most important things you want in an athlete period. And so our training going up to France for her, she, she knows the Grand Prix, um, she hasn't done a ton of seasons at it, but she knows the movements pretty well. So our workouts are only about 20 minutes a day and she works about four days a week. And then the other days she does a lot of trails and hills and just to keep herself fit. Um, but we don't want to overwork her because she did a lot of showing in Florida. And, um, so she's, she's doing some nice short lessons following up to next week. And then she gets on the plane to LAX next Thursday. So, and then, um, Gunter, will help me take it from there. I think with training, because he has done this many times, I've never done this. So also a huge blessing and like gift and a surprise to make it onto the same team with my coach the first ever time. Like, I really can't believe it. That's, that's fantastic. So, I mean, if you're, if you're riding her 20 minutes a day or, you know, something around that, I mean, what are you doing to stay fit and to, to be ready to, uh, to go in that big ring? Yeah. Um, I do a lot to prepare myself for the show arena. Um, I try to work out at least once every day and I'm not doing anything crazy right now because when I'm in season, I really focus on like mobility and cardio and keeping my muscles fit. When I'm off season, I go really hard to get fit for season. Um, so I like to, I have this set of stairs near my barn on the beach and there's like seven sets of huge, huge stairs, um, that go from like the parking lots to the beach. And, um, it's maybe a mile total. Um, and it only takes about 30 minutes, but you are absolutely dead after. So that's my favorite workout to do. And it really keeps me fit cardio wise for the Grand Prix test because, you get halfway through that thing and you want to pass out. So, um, I really make sure I keep my fitness up because I never want the reason I don't do well in the competition arena to be that I wasn't fit enough and I didn't put enough work in. And then also I have my rides videoed and I watch a ton of my rides. I watch all of my competitions from Florida and I just study those and I'll, I'll watch them with Gunter sometimes. And, and then I really like pull back from, any like social events or anything just so I can really focus on my horse and my riding and, um, get into the zone a little bit. So, um, we're getting ready for all that now. Oh, that's just fantastic. Now, Anna, do you have any other horses that are coming up as well? 
Yeah, I have two young horses right now um, with me in the States. And then I have one four-year-old coming over later this year. I have a five-year-old Santa Moore mare who just did her first ever show. And she was such a business lady and she just went in there and did her thing. So I'm very excited about her. And then I have a six-year-old Sir Donner Hall who's really exciting. And then um, the four-year-old is coming over from Germany later this year. So they're all young horses right now. And we're hoping to add an FEI horse. Maybe we can shop a little bit after the CDIO. <laughs> Yeah, since you'll be over there, that'll be exactly. fantastic. That yes. is awesome. So tell us all, because you know it's always fun to hear like you guys leave next Thursday and then sort of what happens in the time where you're gone. Yes, so um, we leave next Thursday and we stay at a place in Belgium for a week um, with these uh, incredible hosts. I've never met them, but everybody speaks so highly of them. The team usually stays with them. And then... The following Wednesday, we travel to Compiègne for the show, and then we jog on the third, the, the day after Thursday, and then we show Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and we still are going to decide who's doing this. Two horses have to do the special, and one horse does the freestyle, so um, that'll be decided at the show. And then after that, everybody is going home except Gunter and I. Um, we're able to stay a bit longer because we don't have any other high priority horses at home right now that have to go to like lamplight. So we're going to stay and travel to Austria after the show. And then we're going to do the CD, uh, the CDI four star in Austria two weeks after the CDI in Compiègne. Um, so that's our, our plan, which is just unbelievable. I can't even believe these words are coming out of my mouth still. So maybe when I'm over there, I'll believe it. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Well, we are so excited to see how you guys do and we will be rooting you on from the States. So how can people find you online, follow your journey, all the good stuff? Yeah, I try to stay really active on Instagram, which is Anna underscore Buffini. Um, I do a little bit of everything on there and I try to answer everybody's DMs and about literally anything and everything. People will message me from horses to workouts to mental health. And, um, I absolutely love helping people through their own journeys. Um, and then I'm on Facebook, Anna Buffini and, um, everybody's on TikTok now, but it's, TikTok's really hard <laughs> to keep up with. So, yeah, it's overwhelming. Yeah, yeah, it is. And it's just like a whole nother social media thing. So maybe one day if someone could run it for me, I'll be on there. But <laughs> yeah, it's that's difficult. it's too intense. I love it. We can't wait to watch you and follow you and cheer you on from the States. Thank you so much for coming on. And we will look forward to your journey. Thank you so much for having me. I love talking to you guys. Well, Phil, as we've been talking this week, we have lots of riders that are going to competitions here in the U.S. And I will tell you, I have been doing a lot of work on people's positions, as always, but maybe a little bit more now. I, I always recommend the Total Saddle Fit Stability Stirrup Leathers. Uh, everybody knows how much we love them. I really think they help your lower leg. And I've been recommending like crazy, the original and the slim kind of depends if you like uh, the buckle, like an, uh, a normal or uh, with the slim, the buckles lower toward your ankle. So it sort of depends on what you like uh, and what you're comfortable with, but they're such a great product. So as always uh, talk with Justin at total saddle fit, and you can find the stirrup leathers at total saddle fit.com. 
This week's dressage training tip is brought to you by Total Saddle Fit, home of the shoulder relief girth at totalsaddlefit.com. Well, tonight for our Total Saddle Fit Tip of the Week, we have Anna Buffini on the show. She is on the U.S. pre-elite list at Grand Prix, and she's on her way to the CDI Five Star at Cumbian next week. Anna, welcome back to the show. Thank you so much. I always love talking to you guys. Well, you are, I, I am in awe of you because I, I'm a friend on Facebook, all the good stuff. And I see you working out and we were talking right before we got on the program. Uh, I saw it in the news this morning that the average weight gain in the last year was 20 pounds from coronavirus and being in quarantine and potentially the increase of carbs and alcohol people were consuming no judgment because I consumed a fair bit myself. (laughs) So we wanted to talk about, you know, this is a real thing for a lot of people. And so hopefully we're all kind of coming out of quarantine. We're all getting back, you know, hopefully in the saddle and in routine. So we just wanted to talk about that and maybe get some tips from you on on how you can stay fit and or get fit again for riding. Yeah, I think the most important step for all of this, like you said, is no judgment, not to judge yourself, not to let yourself feel ashamed if you didn't stay as fit as you were hoping. And then the second most important step is just to start where you are. Don't scroll through social media and TikTok looking at people with eight packs on pre-workout doing handstands on top of cars. Just... <laughs> find a beginner <laughs> workout <laughs> on YouTube. Like YouTube, there's so many free workouts nowadays. You can go on YouTube, you can go anywhere and just find just look up beginner workouts and just start with the basics and do not let yourself get overwhelmed. If you do too much too fast right out of the gate, you're going to get overwhelmed, you're going to get too sore and you're going to want to stop. But if you make it easy for yourself to start and just let yourself get into it and don't judge yourself and just really start to get the hang of it, then your body and your mind is actually going to crave that workout and those endorphins. So, um, yeah, I mean, the biggest tip is just don't judge yourself and just start where you're at and look up uh, YouTube. Honestly, I think just go look up beginner workouts on YouTube. And if for some reason, you know, you can't find ones you like, just start with like some jogging, some running in place, jump rope, um, push-ups, squats, you know, super basic things. Don't start out too crazy. Don't start out too fast, but you have to start and then you have to just stay consistent. And then you're going to be so happy you did. It's so much better to live a little bit tired from a workout than live with regret is what I always say. Yeah, no, I I think you're right. And and I think I I actually sleep better if I do something other than in you know, and, and yes, of course, riding horses are a lot. And, and at the high performance level, you have to do that much more workout to be that much fitter. But I love how you said just start. And I think some of that is is literally carving out the time, right? And and maybe mm-hmm. now as we're we're all kind of changing our routine or going back to routine, it's a good time to now put that extra 30 minutes or or somehow figure it out. And so what would exactly. you say? I mean you were, we were chatting and we were kind of joking offline. Like if you're laying on the couch, do a few squats as you get up. But I thought that's really smart. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Like if you're watching TV, go ahead and do some sit-ups like while you're watching new girl or something, you know, (laughs) throw on the news and I don't like to watch news. It makes me sad. So throw on a funny TV show and do some sit-ups, do some squats. Don't go crazy. But, um, there's, there's always time is what I 
do know. Even if you have a crazy busy life, I know moms of six kids who run businesses, you just have to make it a priority in your mind. And you can always find time, even if it's literally while you're watching TV and doing squats up and down from your couch, doing sit-ups while you're watching TV or whatnot, um, you can find the time. You just have to do it. Yeah. No, I love it. Get up, basically get up off the couch and uh, just do do a few things. And uh, it it is amazing. You really do. Once you start sort of doing it, you're like, oh, yeah, I walked a mile. Maybe I can do a mile and a half tomorrow. Uh, And you really do start to feel it. It's pretty cool. So, well, Anna, I I love the tips. Thank you so much. And uh, how can we follow you online as you go to Europe for, for some CDIs? Yes, you can follow me on Instagram, Anna underscore Buffini, and there's always a lot of workouts on there. So <laughs> keep an eye. Great. Out. We can get more ideas. I love it. Yes. Yeah, I can't do your workouts. They're pretty, pretty baller, <laughs> but I really, I, I like the concept. It's great. Yes. <laughs> the main point is just to get, encourage people to work out. You don't have to do the backflips. <laughs> yeah, no, no. <laughs> I'll, I'll save that for next week. Exactly. (laughs) Well, Anna, thank you so much. We look forward to seeing you and your journey, and we can't wait to have you back on the show. Thank you so much. But as always, we love listener and Facebook shout outs and feedback. We will keep all your questions coming. We've got, I think, three or four great questions in the queue. We will keep them coming. Thank you so much for submitting them. Keep them coming. And as always, you can find our show notes and links to today's guests on our website, dressageradio.com. Like us on Facebook, just search Dressage Radio Show. Follow us on Twitter at Horse Radio. My website is maplecrestfarmky.com, and my email is reese at horseradionetwork.com. I think the best way to find me is probably through Facebook, or my email is philip at horseradionetwork.com. I'd like to thank our sponsors this week for allowing us to put on a good show. That's Kentucky Performance Products, Bait Saddles, Mud Control Grids by Han Plastics and TotalSaddleFit.com. Don't forget to check out all the other shows on the Horse Radio Network at HorseRadioNetwork.com. Everybody, keep your heels down and your shoulders back, and we will talk to you next week. (laughs) 